We are answering questions from Bucks fans and catching up with the latest rumors surrounding Rob Gronkowski and Leonard Fournette right now on Locked on Bucks. Let's go. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making this first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined not by Evan Klosky on this Wednesday episode, but by David Harrison, my good friend from Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at D Harrison82. Yeah, sorry to all the uh the Klaska Knights out there that the you don't get Knights. that you don't get Evan on this episode, but it's holiday week, weekends, right. plural. He's uh he's taking some much deserved, some well-deserved time off. So can't hate him for that. Just like we don't hate Ultimate Football GM, no. which is who uh which is who is sponsoring this episode. That's not English, but it's okay. Uh, if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, which pretty much every football fan has at some point in time, then this game is definitely for you. Download the game by visiting ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store of choice. Our listeners get a 100% free premium boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's all caps, all one word in the game. James, uh, so it's not WTSP Wednesday. Usually this is where Evan gives us all kinds of gems and, and insight into the most recent Buccaneers game. He's not here to do that. We've already talked about the Buccaneers game. We're getting ready to turn the page uh, towards the next Buccaneers game, which is against Carolina Panthers. So I figured this would be a good time to catch up on some emails and some voicemails. Um, we mentioned it before on some previous episodes, guys. We are having StreamYard does not like to let us stream your voicemails while we're doing this show, especially live recorded is hard enough, especially live. This is recorded. So we do have some voicemails that we're able to work in, but we need you guys to start gearing more towards the emails, Twitter DMS, or Facebook messages. We do have a locked on bucks, Facebook page. It's not as active as we want it to be, but we're working on that guys, but message that or DM us on Twitter or email us all that information coming at the end. We do have an email though, James, yeah, from we do. David in Ohio. Great name. Great state if you're James and if you like the Buckeyes like I do. Here's what David in Ohio says to us. Can the Bucs still make the playoffs if they lose to Carolina? With Atlanta being knocked out, wouldn't a win against them be irrelevant in the division standings? On another note, our defense is playing lights out without Vita and Jamel Dean, but our own line is lacking big time. I believe a lot of Brady's bad throws, won't say all of them, are because he doesn't have enough time. We need Jensen back ASAP. First of all, agree with all that stuff. This defense gets Vita Vey and Jamel Dean back healthy, and if they can stay healthy along the way, they're going to be a problem. The O-line, absolutely lacking big time, and yes, not all of Brady's bad passes are solely on Brady. Uh, they're all kind of spread out amongst the group, to be quite honest with you, and yeah, Big Red, uh, heal faster, buddy. Yeah, if you could. Um, but James, Bucks playoff scenarios, They've got some, we've got some of those, and we've got a lot of data to go through. So I'll let you kick it off with uh, the easiest path to the playoffs. All right, yeah. So obviously the easiest path is win and you're in, right? You beat the Carolina Panthers, you win the division. That's how it goes. So week 17, they're playing the Carolina Panthers, who are 6-9. and nine. And then week 18, they are at Atlanta, 
who is five and 10 starting university of Cincinnati legend Desmond Ritter at quarterback now. So Tampa Bay clinches the NFC South with a win over the Panthers. Boom, done. That's it. Moving on. Uh, turn the page to the playoffs. Uh, so right now they currently have a 70% chance of making the playoffs winning makes it hundred percent. A loss makes it 33% and a tie makes it a 78% chance of getting into the playoffs. And if the Buccaneers lose, this is what, this is what starts to happen here. So you drop from the fourth seed to the 11th seed. You are now trailing the green Bay Packers, the Detroit lions and Jared Gurf the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington commanders. So you would, you would want Minnesota to beat green Bay, the bears to beat the lions, the jets to beat the Seahawks and the Cleveland Browns to beat the Washington commanders. So even if all of that happens, the Buccaneers then have a 46% chance of making the playoffs. They would climb all the way up from the 11th to the eighth seed. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a much more difficult path, but there is a path where the Buccaneers can make the playoffs as a wildcard team. Yeah, and if all of those teams, so if Green Bay, Detroit, Seattle, Washington win and the Buccaneers lose, then the Buccaneers drop to a 31% chance of making the playoffs. But like you said, James, if they win, then they're in, and we can just toss David's question right out the window. Yeah. And I like how I crumpled David's question. On paper, even though it was an email. <laughs> it's the magic of Lockdown Bucks, ladies and gentlemen. But to answer your question, David, yes. The Buccaneers can make the playoffs if they lose Carolina. But not only that, they can actually win the division. So if Tampa Bay loses to Carolina, but Carolina loses to New Orleans in Week 18, and Tampa Bay beats Atlanta, then Tampa Bay wins the NFC South. So in reality, Tampa, you just need to win one of the last two, and you're in as long as Carolina helps you out with a loss in Week to 18. But then you you put it up to chance. And I mean, the New Orleans Saints, look, they're just petty enough that they might start Michael Thomas at quarterback and just, I don't know, like just punt the ball in every first down. Like, honestly, can, can I could see imagine, the Saints doing something like that. Can you imagine a situation where Carolina beats Tampa? Yeah. So they need New Orleans to win. And that's the moment that New Orleans is like, you know what? We're going to start Jameis Winston. And he has like a vintage bad Winston game and once yeah. again prevents the Buccaneers from getting into the playoffs. And then Jameis eats a W on the way off the field anyway and just shows everybody that it was intentional. I mean, yeah. that look, crazier things have happened. <laughs> Listen, if Tampa Bay is the eighth seed entering next weekend, which James kind of already went through all the dynamics that have to do, uh, have to do that or have to, to make that happen, right? Tampa Bay then wins against Atlanta and Washington loses to Dallas then the Buccaneers are a wild card team. So that's the wild card scenario that you're looking at. And based on my best record estimations, they would play uh, the Minnesota Vikings right. on the road in the wild card round. And look, Minnesota Vikings are beatable. So maybe you get to the divisional round where maybe you face the Dallas Cowboys like James has uh, alluded to. Actually, that wouldn't happen because Dallas is going to be a wild card team. Anyway, worst case scenario, guys, and this is something that I've seen getting talked about a little bit on the Twitter sphere. Worst case scenario is that the Bucs coming out of this weekend are in line for the 10th overall pick in the NFL draft. Winning the NFC South puts you in 19th or lower, right, or higher, however you want to describe it, 19, 20, or beyond, right? Um, so it's interesting because we're talking about a nine-pick gap between where the Buccaneers or, honestly, the Carolina Panthers 
are going to be in the NFL draft. So the question is a fan. I mean, look, the team wants to win, period. doesn't matter what the draft pick is, bottom line. But the question as a fan is, do you want 19, 20, all the way up to maybe 31 if you don't get 32? Or do you want 10, potentially, or 11? 11 is most likely, but 10 is possible. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. If you got to choose between 10 and 31, like which which direction do you want to go? Now, if you can get 32 and win the Lombardi, well, actually, right. 31 be the Lombardi because Miami's forfeiting a draft pick. Um, yeah, if you can get a Lombardi, you want a Lombardi, right? It doesn't matter what the draft pick is. But if you aren't going to get a Lombardi, do you want 10 or do you want 19? I think most Bucks fans would say 10. So, yes, David, there is a chance the Buccaneers can win their division. There's a chance they can make the playoffs, even if they lose to the Carolina Panthers. But I think we can all agree it would just be better if the Buccaneers took care of business, beat the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, took all the complications out of it, and we can spend at least a week without having to worry uh, too much about the future of the team. Of course, you know, you want them uh, to do better than what we've seen. But, uh, yeah, the, the amount of help you need if you lose the Carolina Panthers is, is immense, uh, including having to rely on the New Orleans Saints uh, in Week 18. You don't want to do that. You know what I would absolutely love to see? I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. Very first offensive play by the Bucs. I want to see a play action, deep shot to Mike Evans, right <laughs> out of the gate, just like the first time they played, except Mike Evans holds onto the ball for... I want to see that play. Yeah. Not just I, a I deep shot. Exact play. play. Absolutely. And James, what else? you know what else I want to see? I want to see my football team winning Super Bowls in ultimate... GM. This episode is brought to you about a game that I'm really geeked out about. And I mean, to the point to where my wife is like, you're, you're still playing that football game. It's, it's a lot of fun for guys like me. I love the roster building process, uh, the scouting process, uh, all that stuff. And so the mobile game ultimate football GM lets me do all those things. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your franchise, or your dream can come true with ultimate GM because you manage every aspect of of your team going through the season, lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. And yes, the draft picks are points weighted uh, just like real life. And you can do all that math and figure out how to get the best return for your, uh, your trade offer there. All this is in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate football GM is completely free and playable offline as well. So you can play anywhere you're going as you want, when you want. Uh, I've already said how much I love it and I play it, and it's it's a lot of fun. It's very addicting, so make sure you have time when you uh, download it and load it up. Locked on Bucks listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On. That's all caps, all one word, in the game store. Again, that's Locked On, all caps, all one word. So make sure you check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app store. It's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. We're going to hear from more Bucks fans. We already heard from David out in Ohio. We're going to hear from more Bucks fans here in just a second. We want to appreciate all of you guys for participating. We also want to appreciate everybody out there making us your first listen or your first view every single day. Also, make sure you check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, including J.J. Watt's pending retirement, plus instant reactions, game recaps, Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports today available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. James. We don't have J.J. Watt. We don't have J.J. Watt reaction because this isn't locked on Cardinals or locked on Texans or locked on Steelers because maybe they do the T.J. J.J. Uh, reaction thing. But we do have Tyler from Boston. Yeah, we do. What's up, boys? Tyler from Boston. Hey, first of all, happy holidays. and Happy New Year to all the Bucs fans out there. So walking it off in overtime against 
these eliminated, no pressure to win Cardinals, a Christmas gift we all wanted, just like we all drew it up, right? You know, of course, there's things that I would have liked to see, none bigger probably than Evans getting more yards in this game at this point. Getting his yardage is on par with winning the division for me. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a Bucks win, and a dub is a dub. And I also want to appreciate the heck out of Russell Gage on that last drive, sacrificing the body. Now it's time to take care of business. Let's beat Carolina. Let's go, baby. Go Bucks. All right, Tyler, James, you also love you some late-game Russell Gage. You also love you some Mike Evans, so I'm going to let you take a first response to Tyler there. Yeah, so Evans, it's still very much within reach. Uh, it's very much within easy reach. We're, we're not asking for, you know, 130 yards a game over the next two weeks. It's simply he needs 41 and a half yards per game on average to reach that that 1,000 yards for the ninth straight year. We all kind of thought he was going to get real close to it last week against the Cardinals. But as we've seen throughout the year, Tom Brady tended to forget that Mike Evans existed through stretches, and then he was forcing him the ball and throwing interceptions to Marco Rubio, Wilson, whatever his name is. Um, and then late in the game, into overtime, Evans made some, you know, some key catches, moved the sticks a couple times, got a few yards. But yeah, obviously this would extend his own NFL record for nine straight seasons to reach a thousand yards to begin a career. And he has had 83 or more receiving yards against the Carolina Panthers seven times in 16 games. And against the Panthers earlier this year, he had 96 yards. And let's not forget about the 65 yard moonwalk in touchdown that was dropped Still don't understand how that happened. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. But if if he and, and Brady can get on the same page for a week, which would be fantastic, uh, you know, it, it's quite easily attainable that he gets it this week with a okay. game to spare. And, you know, a lot of people will point to this record. Oh, well, they extended it. You know, they extended the season to 17 games. Well, even within the 17 games, Mike Evans has been able to get that within 16 games played. Right. Of course, he was suspended for a game this year. So the most he can oh, play really? is 15 games. games played if he does it this weekend. Right. If he does it this um, weekend, it's it's 15 games played. And then last year he he did it and missed a game. Uh, was he suspended last year, too? Was that what it was? Uh, I, I feel like he gets suspended every time he plays Marshawn Lynch. So probably in Marshawn Lattimore. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, yeah. Marshawn Lynch catching strays. You ain't even here, and you can't get fined. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, apologies to all of our Florida Gator fans who don't appreciate the Marco Rubio Wilson joke um, that James Jarko made on this show. Marco Wilson. That is a thing that just happened. Doing good things. Um, also doing good things is Yousef in Minnesota. Let's Let's check out what he's got to say. Hey, fellas. This is Yousef out here in Rochester, Minnesota. Sorry it's been a minute. Haven't had a lot of time to call in. I don't know what, what we're doing on offense, though. Um, you know, you guys have probably talked about it nauseam this year. And why can't we just do the things that we are good at and stop overthinking things and trying to fix things that aren't broken? I feel like Byron Leftwich is overthinking his offense. The offense. Tom Brady does 
Tom Brady things, and we won the game. But next week, put all our chips in the middle here. This is for the division. I hope they figure it out. But I'm not getting my hopes high. As you know, not getting too high, but not too low. And as always, go Bucks. Oh, uh, love to hear from Yusef. Haven't heard from him in, in quite a while. Real yeah. quick, before we answer Yusef's question, I had, I had mentioned that Mike Evans needed 41 and a half yard average over right. the next two games to reach that record. This season, as rough of a season as it has been, he has been under the 41 and a half yards receiving mark only three times. So, and, and one of those was this past week against the Arizona Cardinals. That's not so great. Um, yeah, no, good stuff there. So, Yusef, appreciate hearing from you. Know you've been busy. Know you've been moving. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we do things for our family, and that's what we do because we're good people. So, shout out to you uh, for that. I hope things are going well up there in the great cold Minnesota. And who knows? Maybe the Buccaneers are going to come visit you soon, although I think everybody would rather they stay home for the first round of the playoffs. Um, why can't the Buccaneers just do what they're good at? That's a very good question, and I want to get into that part second. But the first part I want to talk about, James, because I've kind of mentioned this to you off air. I don't know that I've said it on air as much. Um, Byron Leftwich is overthinking the offense, but Tom Brady's doing Tom Brady things. And I know that those two statements were not made connected to each other specifically, but this is kind of a thought process been going around, James. And I'm going to kind of talk about this very quickly. This is where I kind of take issue with what's going on this year and the perception of what's going on this year. Because last year and in 2020, the offense was all Tom Brady and B.A., right? There, there was no Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich was just a puppet that was saying what he was told to say. But then Bruce Arians retires. Things start going haywire, not going very well. And all of a sudden, it's Byron Leftwich that is the problem with the offense. And Tom Brady ceases to have any influence whatsoever or take any blame from some people for what is going on with the offense. Uh, then the conversation comes out that Tom Brady is actually having side meetings with players before the game to make final tweaks to the game plan, which the coaching staff says, yes, we're aware of this. This is not new. This is exactly what's been going on since Tom got here. Make no mistake about it. Tom Brady is still involved in this offense. Tom Brady is still involved in the game plan. He's still involved in the game script and the game flow. So I'm not saying that Byron is void of, of responsibility here. But what I am saying is that Tom Brady is not void of responsibility. So when we say that Byron left, which is overthinking his offense, if you think that there's overthinking going on, it's by Byron and Tom. If you think that there's a lack of trust in the offensive line, it's Byron and Tom. Like Whatever problem there is with the offense from a schematic mental standpoint, it's Byron and Tom in Congress. I don't know if it's 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, but make no mistake about it. This is Byron and Brady's baby you're seeing on the field offensively. So, yes, while Tom does some things, at the end of games and, and all that stuff that's brilliant. Um, don't forget that he has a role in this run, run, run heavy offense that is driving so many of you crazy, even though the Buccaneers are undefeated when they ball, run the ball 30 or more times a game. Are the Buccaneers playing the ultimate game of rope-a-dope? Uh, where maybe. The, the offense is so, I guess for lack of a better term, the offense is so boring where it's it's constantly passes within seven yards of the line of scrimmage, you know, six wide receiver screens to God win a game. It's dump offs, it's swing passes, it's run the ball up the middle. Um, and then all of a sudden they're going to get in the playoffs and they're just going to try to flip a switch and all of a sudden be a vertical passing attack like they were in the last couple of years. I'm not saying that it would work or that is what's going to happen, but that would be the most wild shift of all yeah. time 
It's, I don't think that's what's happening, though. I think this is no, the offense based on the personnel that they have. And I go back to Pittsburgh. I honestly yeah. think what you see is a quarterback and an offensive coordinator that don't have faith in their offensive line. And just like David said in his email, and plenty of people have said in comments and, and, and everything else, there's a reason to not be confident in this offensive line. Now, if Ryan Jensen comes back and Donovan Smith can figure out everything that's going on in his world and get back on track, and Tristan Wurst can continue to get healthy, hopefully not having setbacks, then maybe we see a better offensive line, and that would then unlock the offense. But what I would hate for people to think is, well, now we entered the playoffs, Ryan Jensen comes back, and well, now Tom Brady took over and said, you know what, I'm not listening to Byron. Because that's not what happened. Like, again, this is right, a Tom right. and Byron product that you're seeing right now. And I just, I'm not saying the Byron's the greatest offensive coordinator in the NFL, should be a head coach next year, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think it's fair that Byron is getting 100% of the blame when for the last two years he got 0% of the credit for what was going on in that offense. There are certainly some things that the Bucks offense is good at, but we're going to talk about those in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible's releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we are sure you are going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from The League available as a bonus episode on Locked On NFL. Narrated by Super Bowl champion, legendary smack talker, and former Buccaneer Richard Sherman, and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks. The League is an eight-part docuseries about the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You won't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s through the present. And our bonus episode is called The Way of the Cowboy. It is an incredible story of how the 1977 Dallas Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach their defense martial arts, ushering in a new approach to the way the league trained. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. So head over to Locked On NFL for a bonus episode of the league or catch the full series wherever you get your podcast available now. Audible, get in the game. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Bucks podcast and going back to our good buddy Yousef's question, what are the Buccaneers, or, or he, he talked about why don't the Bucs do what they're good at? So what are they good at doing? And one of the things, obviously, is the no huddle, hurry up style of offense. That seems to be when the offense has the best chemistry, seems to be when Tom Brady looks the sharpest, seems to be when they push the ball down the field a little bit more with some success, far more than than usually throughout the rest of the game. But that, and I don't know, David, maybe you have a different opinion. That is not something to me that is sustainable all game long. That is something that you need to, you need to mix it in to your standard game plan yeah. where, you know, maybe that opening scripted drive where they tend to come away with some points, you run that the way you normally do. Come out on the next drive, just run your normal offense. Then maybe third possession, fourth possession, you start maybe not necessarily no huddle, but a little bit more up tempo. You know, you get late into the second quarter. Now let's go full no huddle. Let's hit them as, as hard and as fast as we can. Maybe you open the second half with the no huddle, then go back to your standard offense. You sprinkle it in, you mix it in, and you don't have to do an entire drive of the no huddle hurry up. But if you can kind of get some chunk plays because the defense is kind of reeling, they're not swapping in and out. Um, it, it can certainly kind of jolt this offense a little bit. And then, of course, 
the play action game. We know how effective Tom Brady is in play action. The Buccaneers are averaging 7.6 play action snaps per game. That is 28th in the NFL when you have arguably the best play action quarterback on your team that is nowhere close to enough. They have to incorporate more of that. Yeah, and and again, it's it's weird because again, this is this is a Brady and, and Byron product. And for some reason, even though Brady's had so much success with the play action over his, the course of his career, there's there doesn't seem to be this kind of emphasis. And and I just I also just wonder too if it's there there could be such a lack of faith in this offensive line that yeah, well, if I even take a beat to pretend I'm handing this ball off. I'm going to have a D, uh, D end or an outside linebacker on my butt uh, immediately. I don't know. Those those guys aren't the only ones that can answer that question, um, and they're not going to do it while the season is going on. So um, the only thing about play action, you got to run to set up play action. And, and, again, in the beginning of the game, you can probably get away with it, you know what I mean, because the threat of Leonard Fournette or Rashad White is already there anyway. Like People, even though the Bucks are not exactly leading the league in rushing, trust me, what those two guys are capable of and what they can do in a game – is known across the league, and leagues are not sleeping on either of those running backs right now. So you could get away with it in the beginning, but if you're not just if you're just not running the ball, if you're three carries against the New Orleans Saints uh, game plan, the defense is going to pick up on that, and they're not going to start. They're not going to keep biting on play action. So you do have to run, and then the no huddle thing, like you mentioned. I mean, no huddle is great, but you go three and out in a no huddle, you're talking about burning 45 seconds at the most, and your defense is right back on the field. So you have to pick and choose, and and I kind of look at basketball. I used to have a basketball coach that had this kind of theology that essentially if we get a stop or if you, get, if you get a stop on a first possession, so that means no offensive rebounds when you're on defense, you push, you push tempo, you push the ball. And if we're up, you go for three. If we're down by one or less, you go for a three in transition. And that's a little bit risky. And I understand that, but that's kind of what no huddle is. It's a little bit risky. Well, I would like to see the Buccaneers kind of adopt that kind of a, of a scenario. Look, if you get a three and out on defense, Come out no huddle on them. Mm Because you know what? Even if you three and out no huddle, your defense is still rested because they went three and out. Now, and and also remember, no huddle doesn't have to be super, super, super fast, right? No huddle just means you're not huddling up. You're lining up and you're calling plays at the line. In order to do this successfully, you need a very cerebral quarterback. And as we know, Tom Brady has always made his money off his athleticism. Wrong. He's a super smart quarterback. So put Tom Brady at the line of scrimmage. Keep the formation in line. Use Co'Keefe as a tight end because you can move him as a fullback, move him as an inline tight end. He's caught the ball a little bit. He's very versatile um, that he's shown. Keep that defense on the field. Tire them out a little bit. Bash him and gash him with Fournette and with Rashad White. And I think that it could work, but you have to pick and choose. Like you said, you can't do it for 60 minutes, but can you do it for 20? Sure, I think you can. If you're Again, if your defense gets a turnover, your defense gets a turnover, quick change defense on the opponent, come out and no huddle, try to be aggressive, try to punch him in the mouth get a win against Carolina Panthers. So that's kind of my basketball analogy uh, coming back here to football. But James, so great questions from all of you guys. We appreciate that. Sparked a lot of good conversation. Hopefully not everybody is cussing me out in the (laughs) comments for blaming Tom Brady a little bit for the offensive scheme that we've seen. Um, But we've got some news on a former Buccaneer player and a current Buccaneer player that we want to hit on here before we leave. Former Buccaneer Rob Gronkowski on this very show basically said he's not coming back. He's not unretiring Ian Rappaport of NFL media basically confirmed that, but did say that Gronk is considering a potential return in 2023. So not coming back in 2022, it looks like still, but potentially come back in 2023. Um, and also added the Buccaneers had reached out to Gronk as early as training camp to see if he considered coming back. I think we already 
kind of knew that. But what do you think about Gronk coming back in 2023? Most likely going to wherever Tom is. You think Tom is in Tampa, so that would mean Gronk back in 2023. Well, I, I think the most logical spot for Tom is in Tampa, but I do have kind of a wild card team that I would throw out there when we get to that conversation uh, that makes a ton of sense. But yeah, I could see Gronk, you know, if if Brady decides, you know what, this is not how I'm ending my career. This is not how I'm going out. I'm not in a situation where my arm is shot the way we saw Peyton Manning decline, the way we saw Drew Brees decline in their ability to actually push the ball down the field. Tom hasn't lost that to me. It's been all it's been all up here. It's been all mental for him this year. So if he comes back in, you know, like Evan Klosky has said, he's going to be all in 100% focus. It's not the I'm retired. I'm not retired. There's no off field issues. He's not going through a divorce, none of that stuff. So it will be, this is it. This is my last ride. And you better believe that it, we're not going out the way I did last year. Gronk will come back and, uh, and help his buddy out. I think it'd be, uh, it'd be a fun final ride for both of them, knowing that after that season, they're both done. Yeah, I mean, it would be a lot of fun to see both those guys back, and especially uh, seeing them back in uh, Tampa. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to see Brady and Gronk playing in either Las Vegas or San Francisco. Um, now on to the current Buccaneer, Leonard Fournette. In a tweet on Tuesday that has since been deleted, running back Leonard Fournette said, and I quote, thanks to Jesse Morse, MD, on Twitter, who screenshotted this gem before Lenny could delete it uh quote I hate when people be on here just talking saying I'm out of shape etc do y'all understand I'm playing with a Liz Frank in my foot every week can barely push off my foot but through the grace of God I'm going to keep proving y'all wrong many dots hashtag bucks win shout out Gene Deckerhoff um Lynn's Frank so Jesse Morris the doctor who uh caught this screenshot and and, and sent it out in his own retweet um, says that these injuries are very painful, cause players to lack explosiveness, and he's likely wearing a carbon fiber insert in his shoe. So Leonard Fournette's uh, cleat, probably more customized and stylish than your car. Let's just put it that way. Um, so here's the thing. This isn't the first time the Buccaneers have apparently hidden an injury, right? Back after the 2020 NFL season, it was revealed that Tom Brady played with a torn MCL, right? Legendary status, GOAT status stuff, but the Bucs never reported that. The NFL... Uh, said after that report came out that they need to reconsider how they punish teams uh, that lie by hiding injuries. Now, I remember going back to that, James. We made the argument the Bucs may not have even known. Tom may have hidden it from literally everybody. So sure unless there's evidence that the Buccaneers knew about it, you know, that that's kind of a, of a difficult thing to deal with. But when the NFL talks about how they penalize teams, here's an example. In 2019, the Detroit Lions hid an injury involving Matthew Stafford before they played uh, an NFL game. The Lions were fined $75,000 billion dollar company fined $75,000 head coach Matt Patricia was fined $25,000 GM Bob Quinn was fined $10,000 the player was not fined anything um so that's not much right I mean you get you get more of a fine from that for for pissing hot for smoking weed you know what I mean um honestly so it's, it's basically nothing but the NFL doesn't like that this type of thing happens so what are your thoughts after Leonard Fournette essentially just outed either himself or the Buccaneers or both for hiding an injury from the rest of the league. I'm not putting any blame on Fournette at all. If he's been dealing with this and he's been taken, taking a lot of criticism from people like you and me, other media members of why isn't he producing? He looks slow. He looks indecisive. Well, yeah, if he's playing with a Liz Frank injury, 
those things are going to happen. So this isn't on Lenny. And if, if all of us were made aware that he was dealing with this injury, then, you know, maybe we probably wouldn't have gone so hard and be like, you know what? That was, it, it makes his game against the Cardinals that much more impressive. So whoever within the, the confines of one buck, if that is indeed what happened, that decided not to divulge that information, that's on them. And yeah. that needs to be addressed immediately. Yeah, I, I don't like it. First of all, it's cheating. And I understand, like, you know, whatever. But you know what? If this were happening against the Buccaneers, people would throw an absolute fit. So first of all, it's cheating. But it also brings into question even more for me. And by the way, Leonard Fournette, stock up last year or last week, got a game ball, right? So let's just remember that not always are, are the Locked on Bucks guys criticizing Leonard Fournette. Although, right. if you got a Liz Frank, why are you doing all that dancing? Anyway, um, not only is it cheating, but it brings up the question even more to me, why Rashad White was so limited on Sunday night. If Leonard Fournette's got a Liz Frank injury, why is Rashad White getting very little burn? He played just 36% of the snaps, which is the lowest percentage of snaps he's seen since November 11th, Veterans Day. Remember how long ago Veterans Day? We've had like five holidays since Veterans Day. Uh, or no, wait, was that Memorial Day? I can't remember. Uh, it's Veterans Day. Although it was also Rashad White's second straight game with 29 snaps. So the numbers are going down. And yes, I'm a veteran. It shows you how much I care uh, about getting my credit and, and and all that. So I do appreciate the thing. So don't get me wrong, but I'm just not focused on it. That's a bad look for me. Meanwhile, Leonard Fournette snaps are going up in the last three weeks, 36, 43, 49. While he's got this Liz Frank injury, is it possible, James Yarko, the Buccaneers are hiding a Rashad White injury? I would say, of course, it's possible. I mean, of I, course. This is, twi- this is twice you've been caught cheating lying or hiding again we don't know that they knew about tom but i find it hard to believe you don't know your quarterback has torn mcl oh goodness i i yeah it's it's certainly possible but i will say it seems highly unlikely because rashad white does not you know i just mentioned we we've criticized leonard fournette for looking slow looking indecisive you know not running hard at times you know all those things Rashad White, when he had his opportunities, still looks like Rashad White, right? He still has that explosiveness, still has the, you know, the jukes, the cuts. Um, so, I mean, if they're hiding a Rashad White injury, my guess is it's not in the lower body. It might be in the upper body. Uh, but I don't know. Insanity. Regardless, if Leonard Fournette is dealing with Liz Frank injury, he should not be going up in carries. He should be either plateauing or going down in carries is the point. A bold prediction on Wednesday, Leonard Fournette will be on the injury report. Leonard Fournette will tell reporters that he knew he had a lens spring injury, didn't tell the team, and Todd Bowles will also say the team did not know about it. But now he's on the injury report, so it's all good, guys. Nothing to see here. Yeah, Yeah, we'll just just keep it moving. Uh, With that, we are going to keep it moving right on out of here. We want to thank you guys for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. And, of course, for your second listen, Check out the biggest stories in all sports with Locked On Sports today. For those of you that checked out Tuesday's episode, you got a little free preview of what Locked On Sports today is all about with the year in review show. So Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. We will be back for our regularly scheduled episodes moving forward this week. Coming up tomorrow, of course, David has the crossover And then we'll round things out with our live prediction show on Friday. 
Until then, check out everything going on over at BoxGameDay.com. Check everything going on at BoxNation.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82. If you want to be part of the show, like Yousef, David, and Tyler from Boston, go ahead and send us an email to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a message on our Facebook page or in Twitter DMs at LockedOnBucks are open. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire those games. Thank you so much for joining us right here.